Hello, Georgia. Hello, Metro Augusta. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the June 14th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you have not already, please follow the Local Matters podcast on Facebook. We load all of our episodes there, as well as some articles of interest and various other things that I think would be helpful to you in your quest to become more informed. And of course, we also ask you to go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel there because every now and then we drop a really good YouTube video. Uh, today, I'm going to be joined by someone who's going to tell us all about the art scene here in Augusta. But before we get to that, I want to remind you to go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed it. We took on the topic of code enforcement, uh, and we know that that's a tough issue in many communities. So uh, take a listen to that so you can learn a little bit more. And of course, you can find that on my website or on our Facebook page. Local Matters family, we have a special treat today, and that is Brenda Durant with the Greater Augusta Arts Council. How are you doing today, Brenda? Janice, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Um, for those of you who do not know, Brenda and I got a chance to work closely, fairly closely together during the time that I was uh, with Augusta, Richmond County, just because there were so many things that we wanted to get done relative to making Augusta an arts-friendly community. So uh, pleased to have someone that I consider a professional friend with us today. I love that. And you were so supportive of public art. I always knew we'd go into a, a very welcoming meeting. So thanks. Thanks for that. And I hope that you're happy to see what has um, progressed in Augusta with public art. I mean, it seems like when we buy ribbons for ribbon cuttings, we don't buy them one at a time. We buy multiples because we're we seem to be cutting ribbons every couple of weeks now on something new. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to see it. Um, but before before we get into talking about the art, there is one thing I want to ask. How does one land in a job as executive director of the Arts Council? So what <laughs> led you down that path? Okay, so I had always wanted a job in the arts, but I was not an artist. So it was unlikely um, that I was going to get uh, dance my way into the arts or paint my way into the arts. Um, so I kind of uh, put that to the side. I knew I would have to work for an arts organization perhaps someday. Um, but I really don't have great admin skills. I need an admin behind me to make sure things are happening. So I was working for a local um, uh, employment service. I was placing people in jobs, both temporary and permanent. And I knew Missy D'Souza, who worked for the Arts Council, and we were together. I was uh, her junior league advisor, and I was advising her on what to do the next year. And she said, um, oh, I'm leaving Augusta. My husband is managing a race team, race car team, and I'm moving. And so I tried to get her to hire my company to find her replacement. And she said, well, Brenda, why don't you apply for my job? 
And I thought, oh, yeah, why not? So I did. And I was interviewed by the board of directors of the Greater Augusta Arts Council. And I just talked about that I'm a good planner, that I like events, uh, that I have a good vision for the community. And they believed all of that. And they hired me. And that was in 1997. Oh, wow. So you've been doing that for 25 years now? Yes. Yes. 26. 26. Okay. Yes. All right. Excellent. Excellent. We appreciate the leadership that you provided in this arena. And um, one of the things that's so exciting to me, most of my listeners know, I like to walk on the river walk. Um, I like to just go out there. That's how I get my exercise. If you go downtown, there's all this wonderful art and I enjoy it as I walk along the river walk and other locations downtown. Um, where did all that come from and who pays for it and how does it all happen? So it's, it's paid in many different ways. And so the city of Augusta has been really uh, very behind public art, very supportive of public art in town. So for the most recent uh, sculpture trail, which is the, the overnight success that we opened during COVID, who knew it was going to be such a perfect COVID uh, experience? That was city money that uh, was allocated within the budget of recreation and parks. And they hired the Arts Council to make sure that it happened. So two years ago, two and a half years ago, we, we overnight brought in 10 sculptures. Um, we placed them on Broad Street, the Augusta Common and 8th Street leading to the Riverwalk. Um, very exciting because people during COVID could still walk through the sculpture trail and visit all the sculptures and take their pictures. And uh, we have an AutoCast app where you can uh, put it on your phone and you can listen to the artist speak about the specific uh, sculpture looking at. The great thing is about Autocast, if it's on your phone, you can actually lay in your Barca lounger and listen to all the descriptions of the art in the, you know, in the comfort of your home. But it's really fun to listen to it when you're actually looking at the sculpture. So um, we are, we were up for automatic renewal. So two years later, we were allocated another um, funding to bring in um, 10 more sculptures. The great news is we sold four sculptures out of the first iteration of the sculpture trail. So most people adored the maestro and the little boy between the two theaters. That was purchased by an outside, a, a generous donor who donated it to the city. The clowns on Broad Street at the other end of Broad at 10th and Broad, that was bought by an anonymous donor. Again, wanted to stay on Broad Street. The um, Sun Lion that was on the common was purchased by the city. Um, that was moved up to uh, Riverwalk, but that remained behind. And then the popsicles, which everyone loved, was purchased by Destination Augusta or CBB to be placed on Broad. Now, most of us know, if you um, listen to news, that the Broad Street is about to be torn up. Uh, we're going to do our Splash Tia work on Broad Street. Those sections of Broad Street will be under construction, perhaps for the next two years. So when we were bringing in the new sculptures and the ones that were purchased, we moved them all up to Riverwalk, which is why your walk is so nice, Janice, because you're getting to enjoy the four that were on Broad that stayed and the 10 new ones. And so they're all up there. Again, the artists have been contacted. They have their autocast description of their work up there, but it really um, has changed Riverwalk. I think Riverwalk changed when Unisys moved in, when the um, Cyber Center was put on the other end. The Morris Museum opens onto the Riverwalk. So now, and then the Fifth Street Bridge opens. So you find that when you walk Riverwalk now, you're in a much more vibrant place than it was maybe, you know, three years ago, two or three years ago. It's very activated. People are eating the lunch on the Riverwalk. Fifth Street Bridge is fun. People are bringing their kids. They're playing with the, the games there. 
Um, there are two sculptures on the Fifth Street Bridge. So it is, I see why you love it. I love it too. I get on at 13th and, um, you know, off Broad Street and, and walk Riverwalk too. And it's a, it's a beautiful lunchtime walk now. And you feel like you have lots of people out there keeping you company along with all the public art. So that is a, that's a city project. Um, lots of public art is chipped in by multiple entities. The James Brown mural was a mixture of um, City of Augusta and Destination Augusta chipped in on that beautiful mural. And that's become a place where everyone stops and takes their photograph. In For fact, sure. during COVID, it was another place that we checked with Laziza's and they said, oh, we love that mural across from our restaurant because people go to take their picture and then they come in and eat, eat lunch at Laziza's. So it it really helps with uh, with traffic as well. And it's part of our public art tour that we do. We take a picture of our um, our tour at the James Brown mural on, on 9th Street on James Brown Boulevard. So it's a, that's a lot of fun. So it, it really is a mixture. And then sometimes a, a, a store owner will say, um, I'd like a mural on the side of my building and we work on funding. Um, we do have local grants that help pay for some. We also have a local corporation, the um, Georgia Rehabilitation Institute, they fund a, a sculpture a year. Um, the city has made a plan that uh, with all the new traffic circles that we've added to Augusta, I hope everyone knows that you look to your left before you go to the right, um, that we to add a, a sculpture to traffic circles. And so that is through a annual donation of um, that institute uh, that we are able to add those. And we're very excited about that. And then we had a local family of a sculptor who, who died, who donated a piece to us and Georgia Rehabilitation Institute again, kind of fixed that up and got it loaded onto Riverwalk as well. And that's a beautiful bird that's up there that's uh, kind of creeps into every picture you take at Riverwalk. There's the bird in the background. So um, just a mixture of ways. Uh, it takes a village for a city to be filled with public art. And we're excited about um, the support that we get from private foundations, from the public, and from the city of Augusta. Wonderful, wonderful. You're right, that, that walk really has changed. Um, and that mural on uh, James Brown Boulevard there is absolutely fabulous. I've seen people you know, from out of town, they wanna come and take pictures next to it and all that. And um, was the artist local or was the artist- He was, his name is Cole Fail. Um, he is, uh, he does murals. Uh, he does a lot of work. He's a really a Renaissance man. He has a great recording studio in his home office. He does lots of things. And so he sent the image that was chosen by the public art advisory panel to go on that wall, along with entities that had chipped in on the mural. You know, they got to um, tell us. But he confessed to me after he paints at night. And so he had the scaffolding up and he would climb up it, you know, at five o'clock and paint all night, every night. So he met everyone that walks the streets in the middle of the night, he met. And he said it was so interesting because he met people who would tell him stories of working with James Brown, tell him stories of growing up with James Brown. Um, it was a very interesting experience, but he did confess that he had never really done faces before. And so that was his first time doing um, faces. But if you look, that mural is stunning. I mean, he did a, a lot of work on the inside of the cape to really make it sparkle and come to life. Um, so we are super proud of, of that mural and the work that he did. And his name is Cole Fail, P-H-A-I-L, -P and he lives in Appling, Georgia. And he is just, he's actually giving a talk for us. We do a series 
for artists um, on one Thursday a month in our office. And uh, it's really not teaching artists the art, but the business of being an artist. And he is giving a talk in June on murals. And he said, what everyone wants to know is how you get the, the mural onto the wall, how you get the outside or the, you know, the design on the wall. And he said, I'm gonna tell them that, how to get the mural on the wall. So um, that's on our website, AugustaArts.com. It's um, inexpensive, it's free for members and it really inexpensive for non-members of the Arts Council to come. We just meet in a conference room and chat. Cool, that is so cool. Speaking of murals, there's another new mural in town, uh, further down James Brown Boulevard. Indeed there is. We just cut the ribbon on that. It's a um, mural celebrating um, female black educators in our community, beautiful, um, Beautiful mural done by Salonika Ryan on the new building that just got had its ribbon cut along with the mural. Um, Senator Walker's um, hotspot, uh, a community grocery store, uh, super fun place, has some um, fresh food in there as well to help with the food desert problem in Augusta. But the mural is gorgeous. Um, Salonika actually chatted with Cole Fail and got some advice on painting a mural on a pretty rough um, brick wall. Um, but that's a beautiful celebration. And I understand we'll be doing, we got a, another grant to do a mural on the other side of the building. So that's that's on the books as well. It was a very, very fun and very beautiful mural. And um, one of the women in the mural came to the ribbon cutting and, and spoke at the ribbon cutting. So we're really, we're really excited about um, the legacy um, of, of education in the Lady Walker area and Golden Blocks and celebrating the women who made that happen. Okay. That is excellent. I've got to drive by and see that because I haven't been by there, um, particularly poignant for me because my K through nine education was on Laney Walker Boulevard. Oh, really? What school did you go to? I went kindergarten. I went to the kindergarten that was uh, managed by the Macedonia Baptist Church, right. which at that point was on the corner of 8th and Gwinnett Streets. Oh, if wow. people remember back when it was Gwinnett. Yes. Um, I was there for a year and then I went to W.S. Hornsby Elementary School, which is on Laney Walk Extension, you know, past East Boundary. And then after that, I went to the old A.R. Johnson Junior High School before it became a health sciences magnet. Right. That's so great. Yeah. I was on Lady Walker and from K through nine. So yeah, I'll have to come take a look at that. You will. It's a lot of fond memories for you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And you said educators were profiles. So they're actually uh, drawings of- Yes, educators absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Ruth all Crawford. Right. I'm sorry, I don't remember all four names, but I know um, Ruth Crawford. I can't remember the rest, but they're, they're there. Okay. It's beautiful. I'll check to see if some of my former teachers are up there. And the next thing that I want to discuss with you is something that is also very, very close to me. All of it's close to me. You know, Riverwalk is close to me. The Laney Walker and Ninth, uh, Laney Walker and, and yeah, James Brown Boulevard is close. Yes. But something even closer is what took place this past weekend at East Boundary and Telfair Street. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so we received a grant to do some, it's called Asphalt Art, and it really is putting art in crosswalks. So we, we started working with the city of Augusta a number of years ago on intersections that need some more attention. And they could be intersections that people, that people use, that maybe there's a lot of bike traffic or um, that, that, that could be perceived as slightly dangerous that needs some help. And so the intersection there did not have like a flashing light, but a lot of the community used it to cross that 
that neck of the woods. So it's Telfair and East Boundary. People would cross the street there. So um, working with the city, they're adding a, um, a, a cut and a flashing light. And we added asphalt art, which is art in a crosswalk. And so we're doing it across East Boundary and across Telfair on both sides. And it, it serves to slow traffic. So people think, well, doesn't it cause more accidents because people are looking at it? Well, cars end up slowing down to look at what's ahead and see what's in the street. So, you know, one of our rules of public art is that you don't go into a neighborhood and tell them what you're doing. You know, all of a sudden, surprise, we did asphalt art. So our um, our artist, Ray Sturkey and, and Pax Barbaro, our public art manager, uh, went to community meetings. So we went to a two apartment complexes, we met at a school, and we brought the community in and let them speak about the what the, the themes of, of that part of Augusta. And so, um, from that, Ray did three designs for the three crosswalks, brought them back to the community, and they actually didn't like some of them and said, no, we want we want to celebrate. We don't want any negative here. We want to celebrate. It's peace. It's family. It's fun. And so he went back to the drawing board and did a little alteration. And so he is working with members of the uh, community at, at East Boundary and Telfair, members of the um, apartment complexes, of the uh, neighborhoods to paint paint the sidewalk. So they all got together. Um, I understand that a lot of women and children came and helped paint, but the men of the community would come by and offer their expert advice in painting. Right. So I crosswalk mural and then they'd meander away. But the women and the women and children um, did come and help uh, Ray with the, the drawing. And then there was a community celebration on Saturday to finish up the mural and um, and and to celebrate uh, the new addition to the community. A lot of community pride. I think we all have community pride, but a lot of community pride in that neck of the woods. Uh, it was brought up that a lot of people called it the bottom. Is that right? You live in that neck of the woods. It's yes. Up, but they said, we're the top. And so there's crowns on Thank one of the murals to Thank show you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I'm not the everyone that this is the top of Augusta. And so there's crowns in one of the crosswalks to show that there is nothing bottom about the bottom. We are the, at the top. Uh, we are the king and queen. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I, I actually don't allow people to use the term the bottom when they're in my presence. Right. Um, because it's so inappropriate. Given it is so inappropriate. I mean, no one the is the area. bottom in town. Yeah. Um, given the historic na nature of the area, like for instance, I live in Hornsby subdivision, which as far as we can discern was the first planned subdivision for African-Americans in Augusta. So, right. um, so we're very proud to say that we're from East Augusta. So right. I, I am, I'm, I'm so pleased with that. So now we're talking about a crosswalk. So is it, will it be permanent there or does it? It is. Well, well, things painted outdoors don't last forever. So, it, right. you know, it's not, it's not intended to last forever. Although I will say that the traffic boxes that we did a million years ago have long outlived their expected lifestyle. So I think paint is getting better and better. So we worked really hard. Uh, we found a new, a new paint after we had done the budget that costs more. Um, so we had to cut back on certain things that we were doing, but we have bought the best asphalt paint that you can buy. Um, and that's what we're working with right now. So um, I expect it to last. Well, I mean, cars drive over it all day. We don't know how long. It may be two years. It may be a little bit longer. Um, some of our uh, storm drain murals that we've done downtown and we just did more at um, some local uh, schools, uh, 
Some have lasted great and some just have not. I think it depends on foot traffic and sun beating down and different things. So um, they're, they're not intended to last forever, uh, but it should not be like six months. It should last a while. Okay. And I guess that also creates another opportunity to bring community back together for another neighborhood party. Yes, exactly. Keep on going or we could do a touch up. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. That is fantastic. And again, we're so pleased to have um, that art in the uh, downtown area and in East Augusta, because you know sometimes people feel, well, they don't do anything in my area, da 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 da. But so I'm well, glad we do hear that. And also, when you see a notice for a community meeting about a piece of art, we really want you to come because there's nothing worse than saying, "Well, why is it this? I this isn't what I like." Because this is a, the community's opportunity to voice an opinion, and that's what we're asking. We're not coming in saying this is what we're doing. We did walked in the first meetings with no drawings. We just talked about themes about where you live. Okay. And that's and what we expect to do. We'll do the same thing for our um, traffic circle sculptures. We meet, if there's a neighborhood around it, we meet with the neighborhood and ask, what should it be? So we have one that's going up on Twig Circle, celebrating mm-hmm. the medical history of that area. That mm-hmm. was done with input and votes from people who live around that traffic circle. Okay, excellent. Now, I find myself driving through that traffic circle on my <laughs> way to church, so I look forward to seeing what's going to be there. Um, last thing we want to cover, and certainly last but not least, because it's the biggest thing that the Arts Council does. There's this big festival that takes place. What's the name of that festival, and when is it? I, I believe we are talking about the Arts in the Heart of Augusta Festival, which is September 15th, 16th, and 17th in downtown Augusta. We expanded last year and we're holding steady for one more year. So we're from um, 10th Street to the um, 600 block of Broad Street. Um, and we're, you know, it, and the Augusta Commons. So we have about, we're still confirming countries. We think we have 20 cultural, uh, cultural groups um, cooking for us that weekend. Uh, we got a large number of artist applications. Uh, we're trying to hold the number down to 140 artists. Um, spanning the middle of Broad Street. Um, and a lot of them are new. So it's not the same artists that we have uh, years past. A lot of new people have applied and we're extended invitations to them. That was juried last month. Um, we have five stages. The stage managers are uh, booking right now. I've actually gotten the global stage done and just have to send the notices out and make sure that everyone can come. So it's a, it's a very exciting time. Uh, we're looking for sponsors. So if you want to set up a booth and expose your company to 100,000 people, you can call me and make that happen. Is it up to 100,000 now? We think last year was 100,000 people who came to Arts wow. in the Heart of the three days. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's fantastic. So um, you mentioned the booths and sponsorships. How much money are you talking about for uh, to get a set up a booth? Is that, do you have so those the, the least expensive booth that you can get at the festival is the Friend of the Festival booth. It gets you a 10 by 10 space for you to put up your tent and set up. And that is $1,200. Okay. okay. Which if, if you divide that by 100,000 people, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, the exposure is just massive, yeah. massive exposure it there. Um, I love that festival. I think my favorite food to try is the Lebanese. Oh, good. Stuff. Um, but everything is great. And how did Arts in the Heart get started? How long have you been doing it? And 
So it's this is our 41st year of Arts and the Heart. My understanding is the first year it was a festival at Augusta College, uh, which is Augusta University's initial name. Um, and then the second year, it uh, I think it moved downtown at that point. It used to be in the municipal building parking lot and um, Telfair Street. I used to go down with, I was in the junior league back in the days and I used to set up a tent and we'd make buttons um, for the kids. So it was like a Friday night street party and maybe Saturday and it was slowly expanded. Then it moved down towards Riverwalk, 8th Street and the, the lot behind Noble Jones. Um, that's where the cookers were. Then with um, when Bob Young was the mayor, I think that's when we opened the common and everyone wanted to move in the common. So the artists want to be in the common, the cookers want to be in the common, everyone want to be in the common. So I had to work with my team and determine what was the best fit. Um, we couldn't open Broad Street then because it was the state highway. So we were on Reynolds and the common. And then as soon as the state highway moved to Green Street, I called the city and closed down Broad Street. And that really was a game changer for us with the tents down broad, the visual was so gorgeous. I remember just feeling like we are big time. We are big time this year. Cause we did make a rule for the cookers that all that we would supply the tents, all the tents were the same. It wasn't all a hodgepodge of a mash unit, you know, in the backyard, it really looked quite gorgeous. And so we've been kind of working on improving the festival every year visually um, with what we're, what we're bringing in. Um, so it's just, it's been such a, a fun experience because everything kind of happens separately. And then we, it's like we quilt on Friday night and see it all together for the first time. You know, we do have a quilting party and bring it all together. Yeah, it, it is just fantastic. Great art for sale there. Um, yes. I, I bought a piece from my daughter's room uh, one year when I went and uh, she loves that, that piece. That's of good. That's so good. Yeah. And the music is usually fabulous. Just absolutely yes. one of the stages. Um, so when will we know who the performers are? When will all that be set in stone? So as soon as I can get back into my jury page and send the notices out and get the acceptance, then I'll be able to um, uh, set that out. I do know that on the global stage, I've confirmed um, Wayne Hoy and his big band with Russell Joel Brown on Friday night. Um, Ryan Abel and Friends on Saturday night, and Joe Stevenson is doing his singer-songwriter showcase on Sunday night. But the stage is filled, that stage is filled earlier in the day. It starts out with some larger groups like Suzuki Strings and um, Creative Symphony Dance. And then it goes into a lot of uh, global dance performances. And then we start bands as the, as the sun starts uh, going down, you know, about five o'clock it changes into a band stage. I haven't really looked to see who's uh, who's highlighted on other stages, um, but where I know that all the stage managers are uh, in that same place right now. We're getting our confirmations from from artists and um, getting them getting them booked. So by like July, July we should be good in July. We yeah. should know who's going to be there. Okay, yeah. and the tickets for Arts in the Heart are how much? They're $12 in advance. We sell them online and at the tag offices in town. And then we, at the gate, they're $15. And they're good for the whole weekend. And they're good for the whole weekend. And kids awesome. 10 and under are free. Okay. And it's absolutely awesome. And the proceeds go to, I know it costs a lot to do all it's the, it. It really is to produce the festival and have the reserves to start next year. It's the, it's a, but the, we do it at the Greater Augusta Arts Council. So it's Arts Council. We don't call it a fundraiser, but it is our festival. Okay. All right. Wonderful. We only have just 
the minute, two minutes left. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we close out today? Well, I really encourage everyone to one, go and see our public art, put Autocast on your phone and listen to the artist talk, but also to make sure that when you see things in town that we're producing locally right now, if you start looking, all the seasons are up, you know, the players have their seasons up and the choral groups in town are all planning for next year that you do something. And I try to do something every year that I've never done before. So if I decide that for some reason that I don't like this, or maybe I've never gone to that, I call it stepping out of your cultural box and, and giving it a try. Um, there's lots of outdoor concerts in the summer. Uh, I went to the Applebee concert. There's a Sunday night concerts at the Common, um, lots in, in Aiken. They're just, there's concerts everywhere. And so it's really important to um, take the younger generation to, to enjoy art. They're not getting a lot of art in school. And so make sure that you're holding the hand. Your kid has probably been to the Morris Museum of Art. So you haven't been there. Ask them to take you. They're open and free on Sundays. But there's lots of free events in town as well. All right. Thank you That's so much. Step, step out of your cultural box. Yes. I love it. Love it so much. Brenda, thanks so much for being here on Local Matters. You're now a part of the Local Matters family. I'm happy to be in this family. I have a big family, but it's always can expand. Thank you so much, Janice. On Local Matters next week, when we will take on the topic of mental health and resources that are available in our community. Be blessed. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.